song is always still so catchy. It always makes me so happy. It's catchy. <laughs> it's catchy. Guys, welcome to Melanated Way. It's Monday. It's Monday. I'm finally like coming back into my proper self. April, how was your week? Very good. I got so much done and I had a big win at the asylum office. You guys, uh, this person has been wanting their case granted for a long time and we finally got it granted and I'm so excited for them. I love it. Uh, guys, thank you for being here as per usual, trying to get uh, it back together. I know a lot of you guys have been like wondering where I've, I've been and I talk, I spoke about it a little bit last week. Um, but, you know, I'm coming back. Life happens and it is what it is. Uh, bottom of the screen, you can see where you can support the show everywhere at Linda So Girly. Uh, definitely make a moment to like and subscribe to this channel as well as April's channel. And she is live streaming on her channel right now. So you can go ahead and, and follow the both of us. Shout out to the live chat, Midwife Crystal and Bobby and Joslo and all the things. We appreciate you guys being here. We are covering uh, 90 Day Fiance the Other Way, season four, episode 12. The glow soon becomes ashes. Ashes <laughs> to ashes and dust to dust. <laughs> Side chicks to side chicks. <laughs> uh, April, what were your overall thoughts of this episode? Okay, I don't know where this came from, but when I was watching it, I wrote a little stupid. I felt like that described a lot of the episode. A little stupid, but I don't remember who said it. Uh, I don't remember who said it, and I took notes, but I will say that... Uh, what was my tagline? My tagline was... What had happened was... Oh! Mm. Nothing ever comes... When my ex-husband was trying to explain things to me about why he wasn't home at a certain time or where my car was, it always started with what had happened was... And is that... So I have a question because, you know, it's definitely not proper grammar. Is that like an American saying? And where did it come from? I think it came from Dave Chappelle's show. Oh, there was a character on the show that used to always tell tall tales and he would start them by what had happened was, but I, that's where I remember it right now. It may have existed before that. You know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> I think that's exactly where it is. Um, okay. Well, let's get started. Uh, we're going to start with Usama and Debbie. Debbie's my favorite character ever. Uh, I love everything about her. Uh, April. I showed your fan um, on social media, on Instagram, and I tagged Debbie and she responded and she said, Aww. I think she said, I love it or I love you guys or whatever. <laughs> it was very, very special. I forgot to send it to you. I think it said, uh, da, 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 Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. Oh yeah, she said, love you. Aww. With a painter emoji and a heart emoji. Oh, so cute. So cute. Yeah. I was, I'm surprised you didn't open by saying that you were a little bit annoyed with her this episode, though. Okay, so let's talk about the segment. I was not actually annoyed with her. Why were you annoyed with her? Well, I, I thought that her saying the phrase she said about the country in relation to upholstery being on the toilet was a little harsh. Ew, but that is so nasty. You know it is. It is. I agree that it's not hygienic, but it it's not exclusive to Morocco. I mean, that's it's, something that was like in my 
grandma's house. Yeah, it's definitely not exclusive to Morocco, and it's something that I've seen before as well. But um, I think Usama was more problematic. I think that that's probably why that didn't stand out to me because he was super problematic. Okay. And yeah, by was. the way, as you all know, this whole teeth situation is really like troubling to me. And so this episode between the teeth and the cats, the constant cats, I was having a hard time getting through it. And hence, that's why, you know, we're coming on at eight because I needed a minute to actually get through it because between the teeth and the cats, it, it was a lot going on. I was annoyed <laughs> mostly by that. Um, that being said, uh, Debbie feels like she's aged 10 years after just one night. And uh, e they're in Egypt, right? Am I getting married? They are in Morocco. They're in Morocco. One night in Morocco, she's aged 10 years. She finds like it's too primitive for her. Uh, we just talked about the upholstery on the toilet seat. Um, but she's like, you know, I am good at making do, but this is not making, it is making don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. And then you know, she kind of aged herself a little bit. She's like, and there's no railings on the stairs. The shower is like a garden hose. And she's like, it was like an act of God for her to get ready. <laughs> I was like, um, okay, so the railings on the stairs, Debbie. Um, okay. I mean, normally I would be like, oh, you're not showing your age, but in that <laughs> she was showing her age, right? Yeah, she's definitely showing your age this episode. Yeah. And so she's like, this ain't my nest. <laughs> you know what? I still love you. I still love you, Debbie. Yes. Crystal says Debbie has the best one liner. She really does. She does. Okay. So we get to uh, visit with the family because Debbie has gifts for the entire family. There was something going on with the mom though, because the way Usama was like, oh, my mom is resting, so we'll have to give her her the gift later. I was like, wait, what's happening? There's definitely more to that backstory. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it has to be. Resting. resting. <laughs> Everyone's up in the middle of the day, but she's resting. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <clears throat> we get to the living room. Uh, to the dad. So Debbie's here, and this like this facial expression really just says it all for me, right? So Debbie has gotten the dad a whole like gift bag full of stuff, and it's painting tools, it's drawing pencils, it's a pa it's paper, it's all the things that an artist would need. And we find out that he used to draw as a young man, so he was super happy about it. He his words are he was delighted about the timing. Um, and you know, I felt like it was quite special that she maybe did not know that that's how important it was going to be to him. But the fact that he could tap back into his creative self, what were your thoughts about that? Yeah, I thought that was really sweet. And I had to eat my words about her not bringing gifts when she visited the house. That part. Um, same. And, and it was a thoughtful gift. Yeah, same. Cause you guys know, I talked a lot of shit last week, but, <laughs> um, you know, she did bring gifts. She just waited. She needed a day to like decompress. <laughs> right. Um, and then we, and then Asma, Osama's sister comes in 
And one of the things that I thought was hilarious was the fancy pouring tea. She's like, oh, that's a skill. It's like bartending. <laughs> and she's super impressed by that. Um, and then, you know, the family's like looking at her like, okay, well, I'm so happy that you met Osama and that you're going to be taking him to America. We're just so happy that he's going to be migrating. And Debbie's face was like, what are you talking about? She handled that very, very well. She like, she could have outed him so hard or just started an argument right then and there, but she just politely stated her position. I was surprised. So this is a face of a liar. Yep. This is a face of a liar. And you're right, because you can see right here how she really just, she took in the information. She didn't spaz out. She was like, you know, a Southern belle in this situation, in my opinion. But he goes on to translate what the dad says and says that the dad feels happy that you will help me and we will go to the U.S. to make a future there. And Debbie's like looking at him like, what are you even talking about? This is the first time I'm hearing it. I'm not taking you anywhere. And let me be clear. She's like, I'm not moving back to the U.S. I'm moving here permanently forever. Forever, ever, forever, ever. Yes. Um I'm not getting him a visa to the U.S. And that is not the reality of this situation. I was like, bravo, Debbie. Yes. Bravo. Bravo, bravo, Debbie. She's like, my plan is to live here. And like, not here, but in Rabat, she says. And the sister, um, Asma, is super surprised by it, right? She's like, you know, I'm worried that Usama will suffer, which I thought was an interesting choice of wording, whether it was um lost in translation or not i don't think so i think she knew exactly what she was saying um because she doesn't think that debbie's going to be okay um in morocco that she's not going to understand the culture and the tradition and the fact that the sister said that he's always wanting to leave was a big tell what do mm -hmm. you what did you think yeah yeah i was extremely worried when sister said he's always wanted to leave so now i feel like usama's been playing some kind of long game with us Oh, 100%. Listen, Usama, and I'm, I know this is going to sound harsh, you guys, and you can come for me, but I mean it when I say it. If you're going to play the long game and you're going to be the con man and you're going to try to uh, get an older lady to bring you to America, which is something that we've seen a lot uh, with some of the Moroccans, we've seen a lot of it, um, go ahead and get your teeth fixed. <laughs> I know that has nothing to do with anything, April, but I'm just saying, like, get... <laughs> I'm just saying, April, like, if you're going to con me, at least look good. Why am I looking at these messed up teeth that, like, and, like, listen, y'all, okay? I, and I'm not even talking about, like, I'm not even talking about the other things that I could talk about. I'm just talking about his teeth. Like, get your teeth fixed. If you're going to be conning and the conning is going to come out of your mouth, then obviously I'm going to have to look at your mouth constantly. So go ahead and fix that first. And then... <laughs> I mean, from his perspective... <laughs> but from his perspective, he got a big fish with those teeth. So... I mean, 
Join the winning team, Linda. Uh, midwife K, you're correct. If you're going to play the long game, at least clue your family in if they're going to be on TV with you, that part. But, yes. I mean, besides all of that, go ahead and get your teeth fixed immediately, if not sooner. So, Debbie's confused. Um, and this is one of my other favorite lines. She says, what kind of song and dance did Osama tell them? This is ass backward. And I was like, mm -hmm. go ahead, Debbie. Tell them. Tell them. Mm-hmm. So, she's not impressed, but she takes it with stride, right? And uh, they decided, and I think it's the next day, like, the editing was a little bit weird. So, like, we were all of a sudden, we were in the living room, and they were talking about gifts and, and the future, and then they're stroming and strolling through the farm. And the farm is actually much bigger than I thought. Like, it was yes. it's a lot of acreage, right? Quite sizable. Quite sizable. So they're walking through. They're going to have like a creative day. They're going to be painting and and all the things. And uh, as they're walking their farm, you know, Debbie wants to have a real life conversation with them. And, you know, not to forget that this dude is A, young. B, he had a plan the whole time. And he's not trying to to do all of that. He's not trying to walk the farm with her and have serious conversations. He just wants to, Jamie's in the house. Hello, Jamie says Jamie. she's crossing her fingers that we're not that hard on me. Jamie, we've been waiting for you for a couple of weeks. So you just hold on till we get to your segment. <laughs> and I've had a lot of downtime in the last couple of weeks. So Eat your Wheaties, Jamie. Eat your Wheaties. <laughs> okay, so um, they're walking the farm, and this was also another one of my favorite. Oh, we love you too, Jamie. We can, I don't know how to do proper hearts, but know the sentiment. Is <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. April, this is mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts. Okay, so <laughs> she they're walking the grounds. Oh no, I might not be able. Okay, yeah, they're walking the grounds, and there's obviously a donkey that she sees, and she's like, "Okay, wait, let me get into character." She's like, "Do you want to play with me, donkey? Mama loves you, donkey." <laughs> Come see mama. And then, as you know, when there's time to sing. I love you, donkey. That's an Irish lullaby. <laughs> the whole time she was singing this I was like why do I know this song what song is it though I don't know it's a Bing Crosby song uh, I, I looked it up like why do I know this yeah 
Um, Linda, the mic. Joss was like, "Too la la." Jamie's <laughs> like, "Oh my god, that was better than the original." Well, thank you. Thanks for using. Thanks for using. So she is singing to the donkey, um, and she's like, "Are you gonna let? Oh, are you gonna let Miss Debbie ride you?" Which you know, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> And then maybe, maybe you love me. Maybe you love me a little bit. I speak the language of donkey. (laughs) It goes on to say, I want to ride the donkey. So she gets on the donkey and she's riding the donkey. And I'm going to show you guys this in moment. She starts (laughs) screaming. She falls off the donkey. And it was all just a hot mess. She didn't even last 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what's so beautiful about this, April, is that in the same breath, she gathered herself and said, let me retain my dignity. But I love animals. They get to, oh my God, I have tears in my eyes. They get to where where they're going to start painting. And, you know, Debbie wants to have a conversation with her man because this is the first time, oh my God, you guys, I totally forgot that I also had this one. (laughs) Sorry, Debbie, but you brought it upon yourself. So, um, she wants to talk to Usama about this whole situation of, hey, you're you're telling your family that we're going to America. That was never the plan. And so she starts talking. And then he's like, can you make it quiet? I can't think. So instead, she starts singing again. To Ralura. To Ralura. She's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And I was like looking at Usama's face as he's getting irritated, right? He's irritated. But, I mean, Debbie wants to have a conversation. Have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, it is time to create and not to talk. And he's like, you know, we're not talking about the plan. She's like, well, I really want to know what is the plan. And he's like, no plan talk today. We're going to paint. We're going to create. We're going to write. And she's like, well, which was brilliant, April. She's like, well, I just wanted you to sketch an outline of our future. Mm-hmm. So you can go ahead and create, but go ahead and create that outline so that I can see what it looks like because this ain't it. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, we're not going to talk about this. We're not going to do everything in one day. I'm not going to talk about this today. We've done enough talking about it. Um, and then has the audacity to say, what's going on with this lady? You have a mental sickness. And when he said that, and Debbie was like, what? what in her blue dress and her blue hat i was like oh my god i just love her so much what did you just say and he's like this is making me angry and it's not my nature to get angry but this is making me angry listen listen usama you just told your quote-unquote fiance that she had a mental illness because she wants to have an adult conversation. conversation with you stop it just stop it because if anyone has, is having a 
is a mental sickness. Don't make me start with your teeth. <laughs> yeah, she's asking for something very reasonable. And I don't like any time that you try to make somebody like have a mental issue when they're expressing a reasonable concern. That part. And yeah. like, it's 2023. So first of all, we're not going to say mental sickness, right? So we all are dealing and have dealt with mental health issues and that's okay. Right. Let's be able to have those conversations where you can talk about it freely and openly and not stigmatize it. And what we're not about to do is have an older lady be uh, labeled as having a mental sickness because you are a young punk who had a plan and was conning her and she caught you in the con. Now you're upset. So instead of having a real conversation, you're going to blame her for catching you in your lie. Stop it. Yeah. That's not okay. You know, it reminded me of like when you decide that you don't like somebody, but you haven't broken up with them yet. And so everything they do is irritating you. That part. That's what it kind of reminded me of. That part. He's irritated because he got caught. Yeah. So back when, you guys, now it's all making sense. Back when he was like, yeah, you can stay here for a couple of weeks, but you're going to go back. Mm -hmm. Right? So it, whether you're here for a month or two, you're going to go back. Because right. the plan was always, in my mind, you come here, you meet my family. I tell my family, hey, look at this rich white lady. She's about to bring me to America. And we're going to get married because I'm going to start my life in America. And then I'm going to go ahead and start like sending money back to you guys. And then eventually I'll bring you guys over and I'll leave her. But I'll already be in America making money. You know what I was thinking? I was like, maybe he thought that she would get there and not like it and then be like i want to go back to the states i'll apply for a visa for you to come with me maybe he was just thinking she's because remember the sister was like we didn't think you would like it here or something to that effect so is that what they would maybe he was counting on that you sound so nice april i mean it's still a scam of sorts you sound but so nice. That was never his plan. His plan was always like, I'm about to get this American woman who's old to marry me and bring me back to the United States. Crystal even says, Usama really can't stand Debbie. He's making do. And it came out at the end of the episode, that part. So, and let's talk about what came out at the end of his segment. He's like this. The plan is, and he said it with bass in his voice, which I did not appreciate because go no. ahead and get your teeth fixed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay i'll stop well i won't stop but i'll try to be more serious so he had a little bass in his voice and he said the plan is you will come here and bring me to the united states and i will work there and we'll start our life there and from this day i will never change that if you don't accept it we can stop all this he just went he went to 100 for no reason Listen to me right now, Usama. First of all, you are not in any position to make any type of demands because guess what? Y'all aren't married and you showed your hand too quickly because what did you say? If you don't accept it, we can stop all this. We can stop all this. I will speak for Debbie. We can stop all this immediately, <laughs> if not sooner. Go ahead and go back to your non-working self and creating the poetry that you are creating in the dark with the the demons and all the things, go back to your cattle, go back to all the not working, all the things, come back in 20 years. You'll be like 44, come back in 20 years when you have a little bit of sense in your mind. Because right now 
You're talking out your mouth with your bad teeth and your bad teeth and your bad plan are all bad. Yes, all bad. Let's talk about what Renee just said for a second. Oh, yes. Oh, base passes. At that point, it was just trouble, guys. <laughs> yeah, but Renee said, um, even if Debbie were to file for a fiance visa, immigration would not approve. So they have a couple of things working against them if she ever tried to apply. Okay, let's they talk about a, it. Yeah, they have a huge age difference. Uh, Morocco is already a country that has high fraud, so it'd be scrutinized pretty heavily. Her visiting him, I think this is like the second time that she's been there, is obviously going to count, you know, in their favor. Um, and they do a lot of activities together, so that would count in their favor as well. But the sister's comments would be very detrimental to any kind of application. If they are somehow able to work this out and she does want to file a visa for him, the comment, he's always wanted to leave here or always wanted to go to the U.S., those are very detrimental. There you go. You heard it from the immigration attorney's own mouth with her good teeth. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Jen and Rishi. What were your overall thoughts? Uh, oh, is this where it was a little stupid? Oh, this person is, stupid. is new. Uh, Jasper's show. She said... He's just uh, trying to get to the land of milk and honey. Facts, that part. It's not as much milk and honey as it, I guess, used to be. But I, I some people still want to come here. Um, but yeah, Jen and Rishi, I thought, wow, she's not very bright and neither are her friends. Um, my take on their segment was, like, why, why are we doing all of this? Y'all are too old to be acting like you're too old. And too old. the simple fact that you want to bring your friends in to go ahead and bamboozle and, and ambush your quote unquote fiance's family is just a bad look to me. Like, if you can't have a conversation, if you can't communicate with your own significant other, then that's where the problem lies. And it's not going to help your situation by bringing in your two nosy friends who don't know anything about anything it just it's very, like it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. sense to me yes right that's what i just said uh Vanessa through, said very junior high very junior high crystal very says jenner and my friends are acting like like teenagers y'all are grown women what is happening to them that they are all like stunted in this way Let's say, like, play it out. Let's play it play it out. She goes to meet the parents. They get, they say, we are not looking for anyone for him, and we're okay with you marrying him. So for the rest of your life, you're okay with that kind of communication? You're okay with, I have to go to somebody else to verify information? I can't just get the answers I want from my spouse? I mean, again, it's what does it boil down to, April? I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't, I mean, like the very best outcome that could possibly be from the scenario still would have a lot of problems attached to it in your own relationship. So why would you want to be in that relationship? I mean, that's the whole situation. If you can't communicate, then I don't know what, I don't know what else to tell you. The only good thing I could say about her segment is she deliberately was like, I want to show my friends the beauty of India. Yeah, I guess we can go That's with the that. Only good thing I could think about the segment. Yeah, I guess we can go with that. <laughs> Would you go to the dance class? 
I would absolutely go to the dance class, but like, show me the more of the dancing and please explain the rich history of it. Uh, because what I'm seeing here is not enough for me. It's not enough mm -hmm. for me. You're, you're traveling all the other ways and yet we're not getting to see all the beautiful things about the countries, but don't even get me started. So Jen's frustrated. Again, I don't really understand why she's frustrated, but she's frustrated. Um, and her nosy friends are like, you know, if his family knew that you were their fian his fiance, uh, they wouldn't have any more suggestions for you, which I thought was a valid point, right? It was a valid mm -hmm. point by Myra. And I will say this, out of the two friends between Myra and Randy, I prefer Myra over Randy. I feel like Randy really just wants to be with Rishi. That's how I feel. Or someone that's Rishi like. She wants to be in the mix in some way. We might see her on another season of Money Day Fiance. But you know what? You know how that saying goes, like when you have like a frenemy and your frenemy is like, oh, I want, I want a boyfriend just like yours. They don't want a boyfriend just like yours. They want your boyfriend. I've never had that situation, but it sounds plausible. That's what I think. <laughs> so um Rishi is not taking any type of responsibility for anything being wrong. He's not taking responsibility for the fact that they're having communication issues. He actually says that, you know, he doesn't understand why Jen is doubting him for some reason, for no reason. And I, my note says, LOL. So you don't understand why your fiance is doubting you because you kept her for a secret for the past three years and you're still not going to tell your parents and you're waiting for some miraculous August 2nd at 4 p.m. date for you to finally tell your parents, even if you're going to tell your parents, like, um, you know what? She doubts you and we doubt you because we've been down this road. We've been, we were down this road for like what? Seven years with, yes. with yes. a different couple, same situation. So there you all, what you're not about to do Rishi is surprise us. <laughs> we've been there, done that. Mm -hmm. We are some meat experts times a thousand. So, like, what are you even talking about that you don't understand why she's doubting you? She's doubting you because you haven't kept your word and you haven't done a damn thing and no one knows about her. So that's why she's doubting you. Yep. <clears throat> so then here is where I felt like her friend Randy got a little bit, like, snarky. <laughs> she's like, well... I'm surprised that you haven't checked on her. I'll go check since <laughs> you have not gone and checked on her. Okay, calm down, Randy. Just go and do it. Be the friend. Like, just stop with all of that. What were your thoughts on that? I just felt like she wanted to say something. And maybe she went out of food. Because remember, they were like, <laughs> they were all in their food right before that happened. I wanted to go to that place. They made it look so good. They, she, uh, she was not missing a beat. He was... Yeah, she was in it to win it. And like, she must have run out of food. Now she's like, I guess I'll go check all my friends and say something snarky on my way out. That part. And and speaking of Randy, uh, I will post, uh, I'll pop this up. So uh, Starcasm found out some things about uh, Jen that I had no idea about. Hmm. April. Uh, so let me just go ahead and pop that up. So according to Starcasm, Jen's friend Randy was a stripper, which is no problem, right? Because I just don't have a problem with strippers. I, I don't have a problem. But she was also featured on the front page of the New York Post, which is a big deal. 
Uh, if you know anything about New York and you know anything about the New York Post, being on the front page means you're a big deal. Plus, apparently Laverne Cox and Andrew Randalls were at Randy's wedding. And so the photo that you're seeing here, and I'll try to make it a little bit bigger, where you see Laverne Cox, that's Randy in that white dress, April. Okay, Randy. Okay. So, you know, I feel like she feels like she's coming from something, doing a little something, and being about a little something. Okay. Uh, so those are some fun facts that I did not know um, and was surprising to me. And maybe that's why she's like, you know, I used to be X, Y, and Z and front page of the New York Post. So you all better listen to me. You know what I mean? Like, you know how people <laughs> live in their glory days. Mm-hmm. So as Randy is talking to Jen and they're trying to figure out like what it is that they're going to be doing with this whole situation, uh, Randy goes ahead and tells Jen that she doesn't think Rishi knows how to be direct. And Jen's like, well, I really want the full story. I want to know from A to Z what exactly is happening, who his parents are trying to to, um, set him up with and what that time frame looks like, right? So Myra again won some brownie points with me because Myra's the only one that's like, hey, let's take a deep breath. Let's get back on track, she says. And let's kind of figure out where we stand from here. So like everyone calm down. Don't let Randy rile you up because Randy has a whole hidden agenda. Myra's like, let's just reel this back in for a minute and take a moment. Let's take a beat. And I appreciated that. Krista says, oh, Randy wants the 15 minutes again. She wants to come in and save the day on screen. So um, they're going to take a deep breath. And in taking a deep breath, they've decided that they're going to go and do uh, some dancing and learn a little bit about traditional Indian dance by going to a dance class. Um, what I did love about learning about this, you guys, is the fact that it's not like, hey, okay, uh, turn your turn to your right, turn to your left, but arm up. They just throw you in. They throw mm-hmm. you in and you follow the steps. They take your hand and they say, hey, start dancing, which I love because it's dancing through immersion, right? Just do it. Right. Um, and so we see one of the things here uh, where the lady, and I'll show you the the other photo first it'll give you a better perspective if you haven't seen it she had all of these um what what is it vases vases on her head balancing them and dancing at the same time you guys she went all the way to the ground okay and picked up the money with her teeth without dropping those vases on her head wasn't pretty impressive. Were you impressed, April? I was incredibly impressed. I was incredibly impressed too. Wanted to know a little bit more about what the dance is called, um, why they do, what the significance is, but we didn't get any, any of that. We just got Jen's little snarky remark saying she's never seen this before. It reminds her of like strippers picking up money with their teeth. I was like, mm, oh, what, what? Oh, go ahead, April. <laughs> go ahead. I, I, outside of a strip club, I too have not seen that. But I, I haven't ever been to like carnival or 
anything like that either. So that's my limited experience. <laughs> I'm gonna go made, yeah. <laughs> no, it made me think about when Rishi was going to see the dancers. I remember um he was like, it's the closest thing we have in India to like stripping. Or did yeah, I say I'm not nope, nope. I'm not, I say that? Anyone knows about it? Anyone knows about this dance? Let us know in the live chat. If you're <laughs> I mean, is like, I'm not letting you go on this. Please come in school April. <laughs> you know how y'all come for me? Please come for April and school her because those words did not come out of my mouth. That's all April. That's all April. Y'all always agree with it's her. All me. So you go come ahead and come, come for her. Thank you. <laughs> so... <clears throat> The big plan between Jen and her friends while they were dancing, I don't know where this plan came from, don't know whose idea it was, it's a terrible idea, uh, but they've decided that they're going to hire a translator, they're going to ambush the family so that they can get clarity, and so they're all going to meet with the family, and if the timing is right, Randy and Myra will go ahead and tell Rishi's family that Jen and Rishi are engaged, which I think is absolutely absurd. I think it's disrespectful. I think that it doesn't honor his culture. And I think that it shows that you have a problem in your relationship. If you can't, you and your fiance can't sit down and tell your family that you're engaged, that's on you. And if you think that you and your friends who are like, at least in your mid to late forties, can't communicate and you guys are gonna act like a bunch of friggin' mean girls, it's wrong. It's all wrong. It's just all wrong. Yeah. So none of nothing makes sense to me in this, right? Hey, Amanda. Hey, everyone, take a moment. Let's pause. Amanda is in the building. Everyone, go ahead and say hello to Amanda. She has graced us with her presence. I speak the language. That's okay. <laughs> so I was very, very curious what Sumit would say about this. So I went and watched the pillow talk. Do you know that he thinks that this is a good idea? The ambush part? Yes. He said that he thinks it would take the pressure away from Rishi if one of the friends would just go ahead and tell the family. He's like, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, he thinks it's a good idea because guess what? The family will just hate Jen. They're not going to hate Rishi because Rishi's <laughs> going to be like, I had no idea. I had no idea she was saying this. And instead of being mad that he already proposed, they're going to be hyper-focused on the fact that, you know, the white ladies came in and bamboozled everyone. So yeah, mm -hmm. I'm sure he thinks it's a mm -hmm. great idea. I was like, I mean, this kind of just show, shows that he's still, even though he finally went ahead and got married to Jenny, he's still suffering some grand, some great immaturity because this is a horrible idea. It's a horrible idea, but in his mind, I can see why he would think it was a good idea. <laughs> so Randy wants to tell the family about uh, Rishi and Jen, and she's like, you know, it's a loophole, she feels to let them know before August 2nd at 4 p.m. Um, and then she says that she, okay, so I just showed you a little bit about Randy's history. And now she's saying that she's a certified interventionist. 
And so she's going to treat it like she treats someone who has a drug problem and literally thinks it's a good idea to say, hey, guys, good news. Your son's not doing drug, but he's just a <laughs> older woman. Have you lost your friggin' mind? You know, she has. She has. She's she all of them just unzipped their their skulls and took their brains out and left them on the other side of the pond. This is why I couldn't take her seriously. I was like, you're an interventionist and this is what you're coming up with because your plan sounds outrageous. You all sound like a bunch of teenagers coming up with a, a plan by the skin of your teeth and it's just terrible. It's ridiculous. So they're all getting ready uh, to meet Rishi's family and uh, she is looking for an outfit to wear and she decides on the shirt and pants, which again, wasn't like, you guys made us go shopping you and Rishi had a whole fight about a traditional outfit and now you just want to throw on some slacks and a, and a blouse like okay don't put me through stupid stuff if you're going to continue to just be stupid That's how <laughs> right like I I don't need to find that fight I didn't need to see the fight I didn't need to even have that awesome uh human mannequin I didn't need any of that if indeed you're just going to do whatever you want to do that being said uh they also got a translator and the translator shows up at the apartment that I still think is an Airbnb. Um, and one of the things I thought was interesting, and I'm super curious what you think, April, uh, they bring in the translator. Now, if I was a translator, I just want to come in and translate. I don't need to know all your drama. I don't need you to have me come in 30 minutes ahead of time so that you can explain that drama to me uh, because uh, I'm here to be the translator. And just like you said, translator, not interpreter. So I don't want to have to interpret your drama. I just want to say, Bobby said this, Michelle mm -hmm. said this. Bobby said this, Michelle said this. I don't give a crap about all the other stuff, but you and your friends, because you guys are high school girls, decided to bring her in, tell them all, her all your drama. And she literally says this. I took the job because it sounded like a good job, but now I'm hearing all the stuff and it sounds like a totally twisted situation. And I said, LOL, because you're right. <laughs> Your thoughts? So I would, when I use an interpreter, I do usually tell them a summary of what's going on beforehand. Um, so I like that they gave her the landscape beforehand, number one, because even though you are fluent in that language, it doesn't mean that you're going to be right up top of your head familiar with every single thing that we might be talking about. So I want to give people a chance to review vocabulary if they need to, right? And number two, uh, the pacing. If I tell you what's going on and tell you that there's some contention about an issue or another, it'll give you the right frame of mind to be able to say, to control the pacing if you need to, to say, hey, I'm, I'm interpreting this thing right now. I need you to just wait for a second. And then I'll and I'll interpret you next, but you can't all overlap each other, or else I'm going to miss some things. So they can have an idea of how that's going to go. So yes, she needed to have the information beforehand to be able to do a good job. Now, if I was her, I would be like, and I'm walking out now <laughs> because like she still she still lives there. I'm assuming that she lives there in that area, and I would not want to be associated with that if I live in that community. 
I'm sticking to what I said. You hired me to translate. I'll go ahead and translate. I don't need to know all the drama. I don't want to be part of the drama. I don't want to be part of the ambush. I'm not about to help y'all. I'm not about to in, um, interpret. I will translate. You can work out your drama amongst yourself. But I'm also going to tack on an extra fee for drama. Yeah, she should definitely charge a higher fee for the potential contention. That part. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Gabe. Gabe and his mom and his sister. What were your thoughts on this? Why do people insist on saying that they have a close relationship with someone and they are not being honest with that person? Why, why can't you just say we have a good relationship? Why do you insist that it's a super close, super special relationship when you're not honest with the person? Why? Why are you need to say my sister is so close to me and we have such a good relationship when you then say, but I don't tell her some things because she's so critical. That's not a super close relationship and it's okay that it's not, you don't have to lie about it. Yeah. I, I hear you on that. And, and I will take it one step further and say like you say she's super critical, but she's also been right. And those relationships that you were in were not good for you and you've even admitted that so like why are you now saying that your sister is like you don't want to tell her anything because she's too critical and that's why you don't come to her going back to what april said like either either you guys are close or you're not close either you're really close and you and your mom and your sister are like the three musketeers and it's always been the three of you and you guys discuss everything because i'll tell you this <clears throat> i'm close with my mom and my mom tells me stuff all the time that I don't necessarily want to hear. <laughs> and for some of y'all, you guys know, like my mom called me soft the other day. And I'm still thinking about that. Still thinking about it. She called me soft, y'all. And you know, I'm a little softy. You know, I may come off as X, Y, and Z, but you know, when push comes to the shove, the tears do come flowing. And so, mm -hmm. you know, she knows that about me. So she called me soft and basically said that I need to toughen up if I wanted to like make it <laughs> <laughs> that being said sometimes the people that are close to you and if they are really close they're going to say things that you may or may not agree with you may not want to hear all the things but they're going to tell you the truth and that's how it should be and so that's why i'm ha I'm kind of struggling with this whole gabe and and monica and marie situation because either gabe you're close with your family or you're not either you want them to be a part of your life and your journey or you don't and it sounds to me like uh even going through like transition and all of that stuff that your family's always been there for you so like why are we throwing them under the bus all of a sudden i don't get it i don't get it either <laughs> Crystal's still waiting on the live with mama linda mm -hmm. yes crystal yes that will happen and i will sit back and let you all hear all the things she has to say <laughs> um so gabe's been back for a couple of weeks uh, because, you know, he's trying to get his birth certificate uh, transferred over and all this stuff. And what we're finding out for him is that it's going to take about a month to finish from A to Z, which I was appreciated knowing what that timeline was going to look like, because that was my question last week. Mm -hmm. And he says, goes on to say that he's kept it vague why he's back. So he hasn't told his sister and his mom why, why he's back, which also, in my opinion, breeds you know questions and 
allows people to believe what they're going to believe because people are going to be like, well, why are you back? Right. And if you're not telling me, I'm going to have my own conclusions and the conclusions are probably not going to be good. So I feel like you're not setting up your relationship for success in that moment. Why are you being vague to the people that are supposed to be the closest to you? I don't understand it. Neither. And so, Oh, yeah. The same way that I criticized Isabel for not introducing certain topics to her family before Gabe arrived. I would criticize Gabe the same way. He could have introduced things about her, video chats with her. You guys go visit Columbia and meet her. There could have been things that he's done through the course of their relationship that would have approved the perception that they have right now. So they they didn't set each other up for success. That part. So his mom and sister don't know why exactly he's back. They also don't know about the wedding. They don't know about the proposal. They don't know anything about anything. All we know is that Monica, his sister who truly loves him, knows that he's back and she's happy he's back. And instead, Gabe is like, she's like, you know, what's going on? And he's like, well, what had happened was, and goes on to try to explain stuff. And in his explanation also says to his sister, well, don't roll your eyes and don't do that with your eyes and all the things. Well, yeah, the sister is going to be the sister who she's always been. And she's probably going to be doing that with her eyes because she's shocked that you Mm -hmm. not only got engaged, but you're going to get married. Mm -hmm. And you guys are supposed to be besties and she's just hearing about it. Yeah. And first of all, this is rude. Like when I was working a regular nine to five job for you to tell me that you want me to come to another country for your wedding in a month is rude. Rude. That part. That part. But you're going to want people there to support you. And yet you're giving them less than a month notice to book time off work, get their tickets together, get uh, lodging together, get transport together. Like, stop. Does it. she have kids? Does Monica have any kids? I don't know, but just all of it. Stop. Yeah, it. I just, I just, I think that's so inconsiderate of somebody else's wallet and time. Yep. So Monica's upset. She's like, you know, you didn't tell us. And there was an awkward silence. And then the mom's like, well, congratulations. <laughs> and then there was more silence. Um, and you know, his mom and sister are hurt because apparently they're supposed to be all best friends of three musketeers and he had a whole proposal and didn't tell them he's about to have a whole wedding and they're just finding out about it. And so, you know, Monica's thing is you don't value our relationship. You don't value our friendship. And, you know, am I even going to be a part of it? And the mom is worried because moms are going to be moms because she's never met Isabella. And all of a sudden there's a wedding date and it's set. And it's going to be in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Again, like I said, you have not set up your family nor your relationship for success. So you do that. You ambush your family. They're going to feel a certain way about Isabella. Even if it's not Isabella's fault, it's all your fault because you're the one that says you're close to your family. So go ahead and take a moment and be close with them. You want to jump in there, April? No, no, no. I agree with everything. Like, oh, this is this is really disappointing, Gabriel. Oh, my God. Can we go back? What did you just say again? <laughs> Not again. Not again. <laughs> I agree with everything that you just said. Thank you so much for that. Did you all hear that? Thank you. I had to say it very close to the mic. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um... 
So Monica's like, you know, am I going to be in it? I'm going to be your best man. Like, what does that even look like? And I felt bad for her because, yeah, if this is your Monica says, you know, Gabe, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. All the things. And so, yeah, she wants to be a part of it. And she feels excluded. So then the mom's like, well, do does Isabel's parents know? And do they know that you're transgender? And he's like, yes. And they were very kind and all the things. Um, and I know that that hurt his mom's feelings too, right? Like, because that's something that she's obviously worried about. And so to not be a part of that and not know about that yeah. and hear what that experience was for him. I just, I don't know, you guys. I just felt like he was being a little selfish. And, you know, I'm totally team Gabe usually. But I feel like in this moment, like, he was being selfish. He was only thinking about himself and not his family and not the fact that his family has gone through this journey with him. And so as you... um cry over your hurt and the pain so you should also be able to celebrate the good times and the high points and you literally taking that away from them completely and then he was also going on and on about all the planning that isabel's done and i felt like he doesn't understand these are like little daggers that he's just shoving into their hearts with every other you know of the flowers the location like dagger 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 of yep. all the time that they weren't involved. And then the other part that I didn't appreciate, Gabe, since we're on the I don't appreciate some of the shit you did this episode, I didn't like the fact that the same girl, sister, who has been by your side, who has clearly protected you as you've grown up and gone through your transition, um, is the same girl that as a woman of color, you're going to go on national and international TV and call your sister aggressive sometimes. I didn't appreciate that because that's yeah. very type is already out there and she's not being aggressive. Guess what? She's being overprotective and she's being overprotective for you. And she is saying these things because she cares and loves you. And then yet you're going to go ahead and put that stereotype out there and perpetuate that same stereotype that she's being aggressive. She's being aggressive, protecting you. Yeah. Protecting and you. I, nothing, nothing about her demeanor actually indicated to me aggressive. Absolutely not. That's why I just, I hated everything about it, yeah. April. Because all she was saying was like, hey, so is Isabella going to work? Does she have a job yet? Do you maybe want to think about getting a prenup just in case? You know, you guys haven't known each other for a long amount of time. And you definitely haven't been together in person for a long amount of time. And she's not working. And, mm -hmm. you know, the apartment that she lives in is the apartment that you pay for. And the job that she's now working is your company that you spent all the time to build up. And so as your family, we're just asking you, are you going to put some protections in place just in case? Gabe says, you know, he doesn't like it. He feels like prenups set you up for failure. Uh, the sister's like, well, no, it's just really like a protection plan. And then Gabe goes on to say that he feels like his sister is too critical. He's always been critical of all of her, his relationships. Um, and she's like, well, you know, I've been critical, but I've been accurate. Again, didn't appreciate any of the things that he was saying in this moment. No. 
So his paperwork is in order. Uh, his sister, who is too critical and aggressive, is the same sister that is driving him to the airport. Okay? So after all the things that you said about her, after all the things that you did not tell her, guess who's coming in clutch? Monica. Monica. Okay. Monica. Monica's taking time out of her busy day because she loves her brother so much that she's going to go ahead and take you to the airport. And y'all know how that works. Not everyone's going to drive you to the airport. No. Go ahead and put yourself in an Uber. So let's think about some of the things that we say. The other thing that I noticed that this has nothing to do with anything, April, but Gabe's little. Because you know what? Monica's little herself. And I took this photo specifically to show the comparison because she's not, she's like little and he's little too. Yeah. Isabella is just a hair taller than him. Isabella is. Yeah. She's just like a little tiny bit taller than him. Yep. Yeah. He's little. Um, so Monica wants Gabe to get a prenup and, uh, she says, you know, Gabe tends to have a type and his type is needy, jealous, stupid. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Um, so the family, the sister and the mom are going to make their way there in a couple of weeks and they're going to be part of uh, the wedding. And one of the things that Gabe is concerned about is his sister versus his fiance and whether they're going to get um, along or not. And again, Gabe, if anything, if they don't get along, then that's on you because you set this whole situation up the way it is. And that's your bad. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, <laughs> Crystal says, facts. I refuse to drive to LAX for anyone when I lived there. Mama included. Mama came in clutch. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. You ready for the next couple? I'm ready. Thoughts on Mahmood and Nicole. Go home, beloved. Go home, my love. No. I've been saying oh. this for what yeah. episode is this? 12? Yeah. I've been saying this for 12 mm -hmm. episodes. Go home, my love. Go home, mm -hmm. my love. Stop wasting my time, my love. I do not believe for one minute that you were self-sufficient in any aspect of any part of your life, whether you were living in the United States or not. Don't believe it. Go and have some life experiences. You are 40 years old and you are just kill you're killing my vibes. I just need to speak to my people for a second. Okay, go. Americans. Dear Americans. Please stop going to markets. Stop going to markets. In other countries. In other countries. And being surprised. And being surprised. That you can buy a whole chicken. That it's not McDonald's. <laughs> Just, just please stop. Just, it's so embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. I'm please embarrassed stop. for you. I don't even get secondhand embarrassment. I do for you. But this is, this is like a recurring thing. Do you know how All many scenes we've had like this on 90 Day Fiance? I could do like time. a, I could do a short on just all the times that this exact scenario has occurred, it's actually better if you could buy your own whole chicken. Now. <sighs> Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs>
So yeah, it's time for her to go. I mean, I appreciate that my mood was like, okay, she wants a friend. I want to get rid of Noreen. What was her name? Noreen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to get rid of her. So I want her to hang out with my sister-in-law more, but it's not, it's not going to work. Let her uh, just go home. Aging her. She's 40. I'm not aging her. She filmed this when she was 38, but in real time in present day, she is 40 years old. She's a 40 year old woman, period. So has she learned in the last two years? I don't know, but I'm I'm calling her her age. <laughs> All right. So yes, cows too. Goats. Just please. Just don't go to the market. So Nicole is finally able to light the stove in episode 12. Um, again, she's 40 and didn't know how to light a gas stove, but she finally was able to do it so she can make her tea. And even Mahmood's like, oh, you were able to finally light the gas stove. That's great. I guess it's an accomplishment. <laughs> um, <laughs> what has she been doing for the past 40 days and 40 nights? So Mahmood didn't like her friend Noreen. And so he wants Nicole to hang out with Fatma, which is his brother's wife. And, you know, we already know where that's coming from. We know, like, that whole situation, the controlling part of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, He felt, and what she said, which I was surprised by, but she thought that Noreen, am I saying her name right? Noreen? Noran? Noran? I think I can't do it any better than what you're doing. I think it's Naran, actually. Okay. So Nicole thought that Naran was aggressive. Again, we're using this aggressive business. And Mahmood said that he felt that Naran, quote, attacked him. And Nicole agreed. I'm going to tell you something. This is why you don't get involved in people's relationships who do not know how to communicate. Okay? Take heed here. Okay? Nicole asked this Noran woman to come and speak to her husband because Nicole does not know how to communicate to her husband. But guess what? She doesn't want to be the one that's in the hot seat. So instead of Nicole and Mahmood working on the relationship, you're going to go ahead and blame the third party that you brought into your relationship because you all don't know how to communicate. Stop it. Yeah. Attack. Stop it. Attack Attack. them. Aggressive. So, Nicole's finally leaving the house by herself, but not really by herself. She's going with that mom. And they're going to go to the market to buy vegetables and, you know, food. First thing they look at is the chicken. And... It's 55 Egyptian, which is $2.23 US. And Fadma says that's too much, right? And then Nicole, who just learned to light the gas stove, was like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, I go to the farmer's market. And you guys, for those of you guys that have been to California, that you guys know LA, she was living in Pasadena. Pasadena is a great place. Uh, the Rose Bowl has like a farmer's market every weekend. So she's like, oh my God. 
I go to the farmer's market all the time in the US and I've never seen live chickens. It was so shocking for me. Listen, Nicole, go home, go back to the scented candles and soybean farmer's market that you're used to. Just stop embarrassing us like this. Oh, but there's more. So she was like, it was shocking. It was shocking to me and it was so intense. And I was just overstimulating. The market here is not relaxing. There are people, there are cars, there are animals. It's just so chaotic and stressful. Okay, you guys, I I'm about to go off. So I'm just warning you now, I'm about to go off. Okay, so you want me to believe that you were a young woman and and for Joslo's sake, I'll say you were a 38-year-old woman living in Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, in Pasadena at that. And you never went on the 5 freeway. You never went on the 405 freeway. You never went on the 101 freeway. You never went on any freeway while you were driving your Uber Eats to get and deliver that food. You never went on one of those busy freeways because guess what? Those freeways are busy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, okay, it's not like a two-lane freeway. They're like six lanes, eight lanes, interchanges. You got to be able to do all that. And there's honking. There's so many more people in Los Angeles that I absolutely know there are more than in Egypt. In Los Angeles alone because there are too many people here. So. You're going to tell me that your experience in Los Angeles was not a, a lot of people. You're going to tell me Los Angeles doesn't have a lot of cars. You're going to tell me that Los Angeles doesn't have a lot of animals. Maybe they're cats and dogs, but there's a ton of them. You can't go to any park and it not be a dog park. You can't go down the street without there being a, a dog or animal hotel. So stop playing here. Okay. Then you want to say that. This little market is chaotic and stressful. You know what she's really saying. Exactly. You know what she's really saying. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't appreciate it. I don't either. It reminded me, I, I had an assistant years ago who went to China. She was an older white lady. And when she came back, I asked her how the trip was. And she said, there were so many Chinese people there. And I was like, um, what did you expect? <laughs> I don't understand. She was like, now, next time, if I go again, I know that I need to fly first class because that's where my people were. Yeah, go home, my love. That's all. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to know anything else about your trip. <laughs> or I don't want to know anything else about you. So Nicole feels like she's being trained to go grocery shopping, which I believe she is. I don't think that she has the basic tools to be a regular human being. And, you know, it's interesting because if you guys remember the very first episode, April came in hot. She was coming in hot. <laughs> April had all the opinions. And April was like, she seems like she's a trust fund baby. She hasn't done shit, been shit, done things, anything. And I was like, oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and how the tables have turned. Okay. Because. I'm going to go with she ain't about shit, she ain't done shit, and she cannot even handle her own life. So I cannot imagine her living anywhere. I can't, you can't even handle Los Angeles, so stop it. Go back to wherever. No. 
and stop playing with us. Yeah. Because all of this sounds ridiculous. Go home, my love. And not to Los Angeles. Go home to wherever, Alabama or wherever it is you said you're from. <laughs> Senator <her> Alabama. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely getting like a monthly stipend from a bank because how else is she surviving? Rydell says, add the raccoons, the opossums, the squirrels and coyotes, that part. Snakes. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> um, she goes on to say that she feels bad because in LA she was, quote, self-sufficient. I find that really hard to believe. Extremely hard to believe. Really hard to believe that you were self-sufficient. You don't even know how to light a gas stove. Like, stop, stop it. But that's what she says. My note says, really, question mark? <laughs> So she goes on to say that uh, she feels like Egypt will never feel like home for her. And she's having a conversation with Fatima, asks Fatima if she misses China, um, and goes on to say that it's really hard for her to live in Egypt. Um, and she's not sure how long she's going to stay. It's just really not her place. And she wants to live in America. And that is the only true thing of this whole entire 12 episode what is it, 24 hours that I've watched of Nicole where this is the only true thing she said. She wants to live in America and guess what? You guys go back to episode one where she didn't even want to go. She should have been and st stayed where she was. She didn't even want to go. So you put us all through this knowing that your first instinct where you didn't want to go and you were even having doubts, telling your parents you were having doubts on the way to the airport, you wasted 24 hours of my time. Yeah, you didn't really even want to go there. And you acted like you were moving there, but it didn't work the first time. You hated it. You lasted two months. Now what? You've been there for another couple of months. Boom, you've hit your wall and you wasted our time because you were never going to live there. So the only thing that you've said that is true is you want to live in America, period. Full stop. That's what it was the whole time. And this whole situation where you don't leave the house or the apartment in Egypt for the last 24 hours that we've been watching you. I'm done with you. Yeah. Go home, my love. There is one situation in which this makes sense. So she's just now telling us that she applied for a spousal visa before she left. Because yeah. they didn't spend very much time together right after they got married, it would make sense if she said, I'm just going to go spend some more time there. Just... <laughs> just in order to say at the time of the interview that they have spent more time together and that it is a real bona fide marriage. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's say that again yes. because I was distracted <laughs> by uh, midwife Crystal. Self-sufficient, ain't love. no way, my love. You a lie, my love. Girl, bye, my love. <laughs> okay, no. so you're yeah. saying that well, it doesn't make sense that she planned to move there. The issues they were having were far too vast. It doesn't even seem like she, that they even had any real substantial conversation to resolve it. But if her plan was, I want to put forward a strong case that we do have a bona fide marriage, is what immigration calls it, so that his spousal visa will be approved. <clears throat> so I just need to go and stay with him for you know a couple of weeks, months. Yep. Um, to help with that process, 
that would make sense. And I would, I would recommend that to someone. If they came and said, I got married while I was in Egypt and I stayed there for two weeks and now I'm here, I would say, you need to go back and visit multiple times while you're waiting for the interview, because you got to prove that it's a real marriage. It's not for solely the purpose of immigration. It's not a money issue that it's a real bona fide marriage. So you need to go visit a few times. And I I agree with you 100%. I'm also going to double down on that and say uh, part of that plan as being on international TV and because they were casting for the other way, you have to make it make sense and you have to go the other way. If you guys think about it, all the other way cast members that we have met through the years, how many of them are actually still living the other way? Because I can count one. Who's the one you remember? Jenny and Samit. Oh yeah, that's right. How did I forget them? Yeah, Jenny and Samit. I mean, Avery was on the original 90 Day, but she went the other way for a while. Yeah, but she still is living in America with her husband. Yeah, she eventually he was able to come here. Yeah. Um, but I, what but I'm saying, no other... there is not a one. Mm-mm. Think about it. If you guys can think of someone, let me know in the comments. If you're watching the replay, you guys can pop in the live chat if you're here right now. But there's not a one. And I, I watched them all and I can name them all. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anyone. Tiffany, we met Tiffany the other way. She lasted less than 30 days. Okay. Uh, Binyam, Ariella, they lasted a season. He's in America too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part. The other way is really a long trip, that part. <laughs> so um, she wants to live in America. In the meantime, she hasn't told her husband that she wants to live in America, which is what Fatima says to her. Hey, you know, you might want to have a conversation with your husband. Um, And then she's like, well, you know, I want Mahmoud to come with me. And, you know, when I thought about it the first time, I applied for the spousal visa. And yet here we are. April just talked about what that game plan was. And I doubled down on it. I think that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what we're seeing. And if you think about where we are and the history of the men that have come out of Egypt on 90 day fiance, they've all wanted to come to the U S so for Mahmoud to act like he was never on board with this, he was 100% on board. Okay. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that he was getting the foreign wife and she was going to go back to America. And that's, that's where we are. You guys, this is all. Do you think so? 100%. I I think that if he was truly on board with it, he would have not tried so adamantly to force her to conform, right? Or is he that good of an actor? I'm going to let you answer your own question. <laughs> uh, Brown Frown, uh, you are new here. Welcome, Brown Frown, everyone. Welcome, Brown Frown. Uh, she says, Paul came back, but lives in Brazil now. LOL. Paula does not live in Brazil. Paul is back uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, so if you don't know, now you know. I mean, Paul did try, but he got denied residency. So. Uh, Crystal says, oh, wait, Stephen with the V stayed away from America. I don't know where they are these days, though. Um, And again, you guys, part of you guys who are part of the Patreon family will know this, that uh, Stephen and Alina are still working on their K-1 visa process. Uh, Stephen has been in America and uh, Alina has been, I can't remember where she's from, but where she's from. They recently met up in Turkey again, where they originally 
connected um, and are spending time together because they're still working through that K-1 visa process and they're both quite tired of it. So that's where the update is for them. Okay. That being said, let's continue on with uh, Mahmoud and Nicole. So Fatima says, talk to your husband. You want to go back to America. Meanwhile, she hasn't talked to her husband. So the husband has a great plan that he wants to go and adopt a cat because again, if we don't talk about our problems and we just throw shit at it, our problems will go away. And as you guys know, so it's it's teeth and cats. Like it just <laughs> so this was a very hard episode for me. You're even itching yourself. I know because I just oh freaking cats and they were all over and it was just like too much for me and it just was like ew and then because um i do love this account more biggie when he said he doesn't like dogs much this should have been a red flag yes yes girl yes yes you're not a dog person but you're gonna get these little rodents running around and you guys <laughs> if you're new here you already know how i feel about cats this is not brand new Okay, don't come for me in the comments. I've always been this person. I'm just not a cat person. I don't like them. I don't love them. And I will never. So all of you that are cat people, I don't hate you for it. I, this is just not for me. Okay? So it's not for me and I should be okay. You all should be okay with me not being okay with cats. I just can't. I can't. <laughs> so they're going to adopt a cat uh, because Mahmood doesn't like dogs much. Um and one of the things that Nicole does do in this situation is she's like, hey, listen, we need to talk about it before I go ahead and get this, this cat, right? Because I'm planning to move back to America. Mahmood is first just hearing of this. He's sad, he says. He's mad, he says. He's confused because every time Nicole decides something, she changes her mind. And maybe she's going to change her mind about him. And so he doesn't know what he's going to do and doesn't know what to do. Um, and then Nicole doesn't care because she's like, you know, if I go and I set my life up, not ours, she says, Mine. if I go and set up my life, will you join me? If that is not the most selfish thing I've heard in a long time, you guys, I don't know what is. <sighs> now, yeah. if you're able to come and your visa is approved, will you come? She asked. Again, not let's make a life together. Let's build a life together. Let's try to like find a common area where we'll both be happy. No, she says, and I quote her on this. She says, our relationship will be stronger because I'll be happy. <laughs> Thoughts? I don't think my I don't think Mahmoud would do well in the U.S. Remember how offended he was by how Noreen was dressed when she came into the shop? I don't I don't think it's going to be his jam. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, I guess, him coming to try if they get the, um, get the spousal visa. And it's not a passive process, like he said. He made it sound as though he just said, yeah, I would, I would think about it, and they never talked about it again. She would have had to talk to him to get the marriage certificate, to get his birth certificate, to get his passport. It wouldn't have been like a passive, oh, I said yes and never thought about it again. That's why I believe that that was the plan the whole time. I just don't think he would be happy in the U.S. But 
I've been wrong before. I could be wrong again. Oh, April, you're <laughs> April is speaking truth, and you got. She says it very low key, so that you don't have to hear her say like, "Oh, Linda's right." Or, I've been wrong. She says it like low key. Sometimes whispers, but I pay attention to everything, and sometimes I just let it slide. And I, I just want y'all to know that. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if he ends up on the OG United Day Fiance. We'll see. Well, theirs is not a fiance situation. There's a marriage situation, but Chris and Jamie. Jamie, you are up. So I hope you are still in the live chat because you guys are up. Okay. Oh, yeah. Chris Jamie. and Jamie, overall thoughts of this segment. So I I started the segment feeling really bad for Jamie, and I ended the segment still just feeling really bad for her because I under for whatever reason she seems to really care about chris and is very hurt by being abandoned and i that the abandonment abandonment resonated with me so i just felt really bad for her <laughs> you're back jamie i feel for you and listen in the jamie and the other shows i said you come to dc and I have somebody for you. I will find you a fantastic partner who will be loving and kind and gentle for you. Tengo una novia para ti, Jamie. Okay? <laughs> that just sounded like a really special moment. <laughs> I'm gonna put, so Jamie says, I'm here, babe. And Crystal says, April is so sweet. You know what? April is so sweet. And so on that note, I'm going to go ahead and say what I think. <laughs> and I will really try to be as sweet as April. You won't, but go ahead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that being said, I am actually a very sweet person. I'm also realistic. And I'm also, you know, a straight shooter. So I'm going to be a straight shooter and say this. I, too, like Jamie, I feel, is a hopeless romantic. She loves love. And I do agree with April when I think that it touched upon, like, abandonment issues and, like, trying to make it in a city that is not your home city um, and thinking that you found love. Uh, but that being said, I've always said this and I will continue to say this. When you are in an online relationship and you have not met the person in real life, in my opinion, those days don't count. Okay. So whether you've talked to them for one year or three years until you meet them in real life, that is not a real relationship. And so that's where I feel, Jamie, that you made your biggest mistake because Yes, you love love, and Chris seemed amazing uh, over the internet and FaceTime and text messages and all the things, but she did give you a red flag when on your birthday she disappeared for over a month. That was mm -hmm. the first red flag. If someone's disappearing, like your friend Alex said, they're disappearing on the phone, they're probably going to disappear in real life. So that was the first thing. The second thing that um, I have an issue with, which again, as someone who believes in love and is a hopeless romantic, 
what I'm not about to do is marry the person in the nine days that was the original plan. When the person comes in the first two days, they can't go anywhere. The second two days, they're in the bed. The fourth and fifth day, they need a doctor that has to come out and give them shots. And then the fifth day or the sixth day, whatever you guys are hearing what I'm saying, you said mm -hmm. you're going to start a business and you take time out of your life to go and look at this a uh, food truck business, and all of a sudden the next day you're like, boom, I'm out of here. Okay? But you're going to still marry that person with all red flag after red Like, I'm sorry, Jamie, but she was waving the red flag. Waving it. Waving it. But also, too, as a hopeless romantic, I get it. Right? Because you love who you love and your heart wants who they want. And so here we are. Yes, here we are. <sighs> That wasn't so bad. <laughs> Jamie said, I feel like I'm talking to my mom. Well, listen, Jamie, I'm preaching facts. There are no lies being told here. Mm -hmm. April gave you the cake and the ice cream. And I gave you the steak and eggs. That's <laughs> <sighs> yeah. said. Anybody else out there in the world, if you're dating someone who is American, I would say one of the red flags to look out for is if they've never left the country before. That's going to be a huge problem in multiple different ways. Um, so, yeah, just a little thing to pay attention to. And that's coming from the immigration attorney. So say it louder for the people in the back. Yeah. If they've never left the country before, that is something that you want to, I'm not saying it's a complete no, but that is definitely something that you want to pay attention to in terms of what kind of culture have they been exposed to? Do they really know anything about how to travel and how they will adjust to being around you, your family, or if they say they're moving to your country, how they're going to make that adjustment. That is too much for one relationship. There you go. So that being said, uh, we start off this segment with Chris uh, saying that everything uh, came down crashing and burning. And her mom saying, well, you know, I saw that coming because the marriage is seeming to be between two drama queens. And Chris says that Jamie is angry. Um, because she hasn't come back yet, or because Chris hasn't come back. Um, and Chris is like, well, I'm working, I'm paying the bills. And here's the thing that was an interesting point of contention. So Chris says that Jamie's quote, still not working. And the mom goes into this whole thing about how, uh, she doesn't believe that Jamie's ever going to work because she hasn't worked since she got married. Right. Then they go on to say that, Chris, like, you know, I sent her a thousand dollars and Jamie was mad and said that that was not enough to pay her bills and for her gym membership. So basically the mom said is that Jamie's looking for a sugar mama and Chris is being that sugar mama. Now, I don't know about you, April, but I do recall episodes ago. Okay. When we first met Chris and Y'all know that I remember all the little things and the big things, but the little things specifically. And I will recall that Chris said to Jamie that Jamie did not have to work, that she was going to go ahead and sell her house 
Mm-hmm. And also rent out her other property so that she had mm-hmm. money coming in mm-hmm. and that she would take care of Jamie so Jamie could go ahead and quit her job. The point of contention was the $100 difference between getting the apartment that she lived in versus getting an apartment that Chris wanted because Chris wanted specific Western amenities. Correct. Oh, I know yeah. I'm correct. So which yeah. is it? Which is it now that you're home and you are saying the most, which is not what you were saying in the beginning. In the beginning, you were saying you had no problem being the provider. And now you're making it seem, in my opinion, that Jamie's the deadbeat looking for a sugar mama is all about the money. So which is it? Correct. No, which is it? Mm -hmm. It's there's also something going on that I don't think Jamie is allowed to talk about on the show because I noticed with um, Guillermo and Cara that they couldn't talk about like the situation in Venezuela very much. But Colombia used to issue work permits to Venezuelans and with the new government, they stopped. Yep. So she kind of kind of mentioned that everybody doesn't want to work with Venezuelans, but there's also an issue of whether or not she's able to get a work permit, which the new government is no longer issuing to Venezuelans. Yeah. Yeah. That part, that part. And as for a, Hey girl, Hey says, and also Chris assuming that it's easy to find a job, which is what April just said, right? The whole uh, being, I always say being in a city, that's not your city. And there is Mm -hmm. some stuff going on there that we are not privy to, which you know, it would be nice if we were privy to so that we could all understand on a global perspective and we could really use this platform, but don't get me started. Yeah. So, um, Chris's mom says that Jamie is uh, a user. And then Chris says that, quote, she's seeing Jamie in a different light. Jamie is making no effort to help at all in regards to getting a job. And again, you guys, I need us to rewind and take it back to the first two episodes because I know what I heard and I know what I saw. So, Chris, if you changed your mind and you no longer want to be the provider, then say that part. But don't go ahead and and claim someone as a user when you specifically told that same user to not work. Correct. Um, So... What up, Diana? It's been a minute. Diana says, same as Michael and Amena, Danielle and Johan, and Nasty Angela and Michael. The American says, baby, don't work, and then accuses them of being gold diggers. Uh, she goes on to say, it's very difficult. Venezuelans uh, get mostly informal jobs because the highly educated Venezuelans left long ago and mainly to Argentina, U.S., and Europe. So... <clears throat> Then we flip over uh, to Jamie's perspective. And I thought this was something interesting that I saw on social media. Jamie posted to her her, uh, Instagram, this is my face when I was watching the show last night. Thank you all for your nice words. I can't comment, but I leave you these words. No liar is too smart to remember their lies. I love you very much. Thoughts, April? You know, I'm one of those people who, if you ask me, uh, when did Taylor take his first steps or 
first food. I never remember those things, Mm -hmm. but my ex-husband always remembers them. And I've always said, well, he's a liar. So he's got to keep his facts straight. That's how he remembers stuff. But this is a different perspective. I always think that he remembers those things so, so well, because there were many things that he had to keep straight in his mind. (laughs) Um, But in this case, I think that we're dealing with more than just Chris being a liar because like in the conversation with her mom, she's misrepresenting so many things. Uh, so it's more than just Chris being a liar. I think that Chris is not honest with herself. That part. Uh, so from Jamie's perspective, Chris has been gone for five months. She's mad. She's sad. Uh, you know, she's married to someone that she feels doesn't exist. And she hasn't talked to her bestie Alex in a while because she's embarrassed by the situation, which I totally could relate to, right? Like, especially if you're a private person, I get it's a reality show, but excuse me, you know what I mean? Like, yes, you know, with your friends, they like she said, Alex sees her as like the strong, go-getter, successful person, and then she's coming in all hurt and and broken over this situation, right? So yeah, I get that she feels embarrassed by it. Uh, so she sits down and meets with Alex, and Alex is basically like, I told you so. Like, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. I hate to be that person, but I told you so. You know, she disappeared behind a phone, and now she's disappeared in real life. Like, are we surprised by any of that? Right? I don't think so. I don't think we're surprised because people are going to be who they are, and their mm-hmm. patterns of behavior are going to continue to be their same patterns of behavior if they don't actually want to change their ways or if they think that there's nothing wrong with what they do and how they do things. Um, so Jamie had questions. She's like, you know, what happened to starting a business, which is what we just talked about, right? You're going to do the food truck situation. You are going to make money and have money be sent from the property that you sold and were renting, mm-hmm. you made it sound that you were flush with cash. And then now you go back to the U.S. and all of a sudden you're you're like, what did she say last week, April? She was um, cleaning out driveways, mowing the lawn, like acting like she is like getting any gig she can get because she's hard pressed for money. Right. So like, again, what is your true story? Are you flush or are you broke and trying to make it? I don't think she did very good financial accounting. Um, when she's saying, I'm going to pay all these bills, I don't think that she truly sat down and wrote out a budget. So Jamie's saying. Uh, Jamie said, I just wanted to add that I'm a lawyer and a proud Venezuelan and that I've been in Colombia for eight years and have always lived alone. Um, so... I'm just trying to figure out what story is true. That's the part that is hard for me to understand because it sounds to me and, you know, Chris, feel free to weigh in at any point, but it sounds to me like you said one thing in the beginning of the episode and the season where you said that you had X amount of dollars, you were selling the house, you were flush and you were going to have money coming in on a regular basis by renting out your other properties. And then you were also renovating another property. So it sounded to me like you had a plan. And then you go back because all of a sudden, you like in all of Colombia, again, I've said this before and I'll say it again, in all of Colombia, there's not one other person that has narcolepsy and not one other person needs to have the narcolepsy medication. So you have to go back to the U.S. because of that. And you guys also know she says she has, she's having financial issues 
and identity theft. And you guys already know that I went off on that because it's 2023. You don't have to walk into a physical bank to do banking. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm just trying to figure out what the true story is because it sounds to me it's story upon story upon story. And when there are too many stories, I just need to know which is the true one. Cause like, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm not calling, what's the song, Jamie Foxx song? You know, I am saying you're a gold digger. I'm not saying you're a liar. I don't think this is the kind of person that you get the truth from. You can ask all the questions you want. You're not gonna get the truth. You're left with the choice to either, if that's who you're in a relationship with, you either stay with them or you walk away. But I don't think you get the truth. Well, again, because I'm a straight shooter, and this is my personal opinion. In my personal opinion, she never was moving there, period. She went there to have that romantic moment in time. But if you go back to the last episode, you guys, where she said she didn't think it, she didn't know if it was worth it. So she had an aha moment and she had that aha moment out loud. And her aha moment out loud was after she went and looked at the food truck and found out how much money the food truck was, she was like, I don't know if me coming down here and me getting married and having a happily ever after and living in Columbia is really what I want. And guess what? That is not what she wanted. And that's why she went back. And to top it off, you know, what the internet streets are saying to me until it's proven to not be true, I feel like you again leaving a whole country and saying that no one in that country has your narcolepsy medicine is BS to me. And so I feel like there's more to that story. And if it's not like a street dealer that you can deal with, then you're going to go back and do what you got to do. And if those rumors are not true, then speak on that. Because from what I'm hearing, the stories that you tell are stories. And so I want to believe that you're telling the truth, Chris, but you say one thing one day and the next day you say something different. And I don't understand which, just tell me what the true story is. That's all. And the awkward placement of your hair ties on your arms also gives the impression that you are hiding track marks. So... And that's just what the people are saying. That's what the internet streets are saying. And you have yet to correct them. You've corrected them on other things. um, And you've said some other things, right? We're talking about the $50,000 motorcycle that all of a sudden, you know, also didn't make sense to me because I told you guys, right? I, uh, anyways, what what you're not about to do is have a police impound charge you on a regular. Yeah. Okay. So what happened to starting the business? Um, And Jamie talked about how, you know, she said that she could quit her job and what happened to that. And the apartment is a point of conflict with them as well. So Chris, who said, and we, we can all watch it. She said she'd pay the rent. She was a little bit like pissed that it was a hundred extra dollars a month, but she went with it. And they had that apartment specifically because Chris wanted specific amenities, like I said. Mm -hmm. And so Chris went back to America. She paid the rent for like two months and then she stopped paying. And so again, that's Jamie's perspective. Chris talks about how she said a thousand dollars and Jamie was not happy about it. Wasn't enough. So like, did you send a thousand dollars one time? Are you sending a thousand dollars monthly? What is that looking like? 
Yeah, it looked. Jamie said that there was like a three month stretch where she hadn't said anything. So it sounded like to me, after the stretch of sitting nothing, then you send a thousand, and then Jamie's upset. Hey, that's not enough, which is reasonable because you've left me for three months with nothing. That's what timeline I made up in my own head. Anyway, nine press. She's not going to, and she doesn't talk to her either. So it's like. She's saying that uh, Jamie doesn't even try to get a job. Like, y'all don't even have substantial conversations. How do you know what Jamie's doing? How do you know what the conditions are that she's that she's under where she is looking for a job? Not just that. Stop avoiding your responsibilities. Stop it. Yeah, you created this mess. You created the situation. Go ahead and communicate. So not answering calls and texts and all this stuff just shows me that you are irresponsible and immature. Okay. This you married this woman, so go ahead and step up to the plate. Whether she likes what you're gonna say or not, stop playing games. Like I hate, I hate game players. So you're just not gonna answer for months on end. Stupid. Yeah. That's your significant other. Make that make sense. Anyways, um, Alex says that Chris played Jamie, and Jamie is still gonna have an open heart. And they had a conversation. Chris is coming back to Bogota. So they can talk um, and figure out what's next for their relationship. So we will be finding that out shortly. Um, <laughs> oh, Crystal. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Danielle and Johan over all thoughts of their segment. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. I. I'm sorry, but Crystal's comment is just throwing. She still got you tickled. It is pretty funny, Crystal. You're hilarious. But I'll share it with you guys, just in case you're listening to the replay. Crystal said it's giving. She heard from someone online drug. Wait, wait, wait. I messed it up. It's giving. She heard from someone online. The drugs are flowing in Colombia, and she believed it. Do you remember the one guy? I'm not going to remember his name. It wasn't Jorge. It was another guy who was in, in Miami, Spanish speaking, whose fiance came from Colombia. And she sat down to dinner to meet the mom. The very first time the mom says, Colombian's crazy because the white powder and does that at the table. Do you remember that woman? It was the mom. I'm going to send you the clip. I have it saved somewhere. because it. Oh my God, I don't remember that. It was, yeah, one of the early 90 day fiances. Oh, no. And I was like, why would she say that to her face like that? Ignorance is bliss. But um, Danielle and Johan, I don't, I, I don't even know what to say. But I do feel like if Johan would meet this guy, he would feel more at ease that he's not after a romantic relationship with Danielle. That's well, what I thought before I saw the little clip of what's to come. We do, yeah, okay, yeah, because I was going to say that clip was. We saw them interact with each other. I'm getting platonic from it. Completely platonic. But he wasn't there to see the interaction was so platonic. No, it wasn't it wasn't Russ and Paola. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back. Come back to the comments here in the replay. I'm gonna put it down there. Okay, so my overall take on this little 
segment is that Danielle, you are dealing with too many immature men. Your husband's immature, and I feel like this ta talent guy was immature and a waste of your time. And I agree with you that you need to stop trying to train these men and just live your life. <laughs> so that being said, um, it's the next morning, right after Johan's birthday, and you know his disrespect and his unappreciative nature on um, how that whole birthday got together. And uh, Danielle's decided that she's going to go meet Talon. She's going to meet her friend and she's going to live her life. And she says, you know, Johan is mad about it and he is really mad about it and tries to pull off the I'm the husband. Your husband is in the house. Like that whole thing, very like macho, old school, which, you know, I'm not having that conversation right now. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that's your husband. That's not your dad. Mm -hmm. Um. And then literally tells her to get out. He's like, okay, go, get out, right? Which I felt was disrespectful and I felt was immature. Um, and then Danielle says something that I'm like, mm, like, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not married, you guys. And I don't, I mean, I don't know how it works, but I know in my mind how I think I would want it to work. And what I would not want to be doing is saying stuff like this. So she says, Johan will have to accept her life. And the only way that she's he's going to do it is by her living her life. And I feel like that's okay to stay as a single person. I feel like for me, I want to live my life. If I've decided that I have made the lifeline commitment with me and my spouse, my significant other, then I want us to be able to live our lives together and hopefully in harmony 99% of the time. It's not realistic to think that, you know, there's not going to be squabbles and disagreements and all that stuff. But what I don't want to have to do is live separate lives because then why did I even get married? I could just be single and live my life. Okay. So that being said, she goes and meets with Talon. Um, and apparently they're going on a river cruise. And if you guys have forgotten, this is Talon. And I just was like, what were your thoughts of Talon, April? I, I thought they just had a nice platonic conversation. I already see people disagreeing, but you know, it looked like he was just a guy who saw that she was in the Dominican Republic and was like, Hey, you're here. I'm here. Let's get together. I didn't read anything bad into it. And her explanation of their relationship made sense to me. You didn't buy it. You didn't I, buy it. I don't even know what I thought. I, I guess. Okay. You guys. I'm a little judgy, I guess. I don't know. I just, I didn't like the way he talked. I thought he sounded uneducated. And like, um, like he was like, frat bro coming to the table. And like, yo, bro, I play pro basketball, bro. Like that just. And then when he ex tried to explain his relationship with April, or excuse me, not April, with um, Danielle, I just didn't, I didn't, I just didn't like it. So let's talk about that. So she says, that uh, they met during the pandemic. They lived together for five months. Uh, they both knew it was going to be temporary because he's a semi-pro basketball player and he travels the world. Mm -hmm. okay? His perspective was that um, when he met Danielle, she was more like a, quote, mentor. 
and she put him on game. How the how the how old are you, Talon? <laughs> that's that's what you said. You said she was your you were sleeping with your mentor and she put you on game. You are not 22 years old. So just I just didn't like any of it. I didn't like it. I felt like it was immature of him. I felt like she's surrounded by immature men. I mean, how old do you think this dude is? He's at least 35, at the very least. Okay. So Mr. 35, semi-pro basketball player, like, let me be real with you. You're coming towards the end of your career in basketball. So go ahead and put some man roots down. And like, uh, I just, I just didn't let like him. Let me ask you a question. I just didn't like him. I didn't like him. You didn't like him before the segment started. Because there's some dislike here. No, because I'm showing you the photos from a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was fine. Oh, okay. I thought he was fine. Because I didn't, I mean, I didn't, hadn't met him, so I didn't know anything about him. But I just didn't like how he tried to make it so like, oh, Danielle was my mentor. I wasn't really trying to get with her, but she put me on game. Like, fuck off. <laughs> well, it made sense to me because I was thinking about how many people decided to quarantine together. They would have normally just dated each other or they would have just had sex occasionally, but they ended up because of the pandemic living together. So to me, it just like made sense how it would have happened. I, I'm not a fan. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and I don't, and I just want to clear the air. April is absolutely wrong. I didn't have a problem with him before. I just didn't like how he acted like he wasn't in a full-on relationship with Danielle. I didn't like the fact that he acted like they didn't live together for at least half of a year. I didn't like the fact that she gave him props saying, you know, he's a semi-pro basketball player. He travels the world, made him seem like he was educated and worldly. And as you guys know, I always say, hey, travel the world because it will change your life and will change who you are. And then I meet this fucking frat bro who's like, yeah, she was my mentor and put me on game. Like, fuck off. Anyway, Danielle says that she's tired of teaching men to be men. And I agree with you, Danielle. I think that maybe you're not making the wisest decisions on the, the company that you keep when it comes to like dating but i don't mean i don't know um talon wants to meet johan and she wants talon to meet johan and says like you know which i thought was hilarious and i i actually thought it was funny because she was actually shading him and he didn't know it because he's not that bright so she's like you know i want johan to meet you and see that you're not a threat <laughs> See, I didn't even read that as shade. I read that as they both understand what their relationship was, that it is over, that it's platonic. And April she's saying, if, I'm serious. April I'm serious. That is, that is literally how I read it. April, knowing who Johan is, knowing he's like Mr. Machismo, knowing that he just talked about in the segment, in the preview, big dick energy yeah. and saying that his life likes this, this, and this, you know who he is as a person. That so is, yeah. So for Danielle to say to Talon that, hey, I wish Johan would meet you to see that you're not a threat, that is shade. That's not like, hey, hey, we're just plutonic friends, no big deal. I would say that it's more... Okay, right. Maybe no, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
But I was just, there's more inconsistency between Danielle being the great big liberal that she is with regards to uh, monogamy, polygamy, gender roles, misogyny, to marry someone like Johan. That to me, there's more difficulty between these two things than there is between her telling um, Taylor that he's not a threat. I feel like you're proving my point. Like, he's talking. (laughs) It's just like it's kind of incongruent um, because I was about to say she. So I think it would be possible for her to actually meet and marry someone who's going to be more mentally like along the same lines as she is, versus trying to make Johan grow up or I won't even say grow up let's just say change or or you could just be happier being by yourself I know there's not so much stigma against being alone anymore ladies you can be alone and you can have a little bay somewhere you can even buy your own little escort for things you want to do it's okay you don't have to just deal with these these men who need you to cater to their egos uh, Jasla really wants you to know that she's agreeing with you. Jasla. Oh, thank you so much, Jaslo. You know, you're always on the right side of history. <laughs> you might be April's not. Um, <laughs> Danielle goes on to say, and you guys can replay this because she said it many a times. So, uh, Danielle goes on to say that the last 48 hours, uh, she's met a version of her husband that she does not like and does not want to live with. And, you know, I feel like that's the conversation, April, where, you know, I asked this before and I'll ask it again. Can you make your vacay bay your permanent bay? Um, and if so, what does that time frame look like? Can you do you guys believe in love at first sight? Do you believe in love after, you know, meeting and getting married in nine days? Like what what's your take on that? I remember I told you I would sign up for a show that did arranged marriages. Uh-huh. I think it's possible that you okay. can have a long-term relationship. Um, but I think that you have to, in the outset, be a little bit more similar in some basic fundamental things. Like this issue that Johan is having with I'm the man and because I'm the man, certain things must follow is going it's it's causing problems in various it's like who's gonna drive who pays bills who makes decisions you like it's just causing problems in so many areas i think you could do it if the person was a little bit more similar from the outset because i don't really see i mean i don't i don't see where we go from here you're mad at him because the way he acted at the birthday party rightfully he's gonna be mad at you because you went out with this guy on a river cruise, not just to have a drink on a river cruise, which I'm sure he's going to blow that out of proportion. Where do we go from here? I mean, you're not wrong. I agree with you. I, where do we go from here? We go to a very awkward um, sneak peek of what's going to happen next week. And it's awkward all the way around. It's awkward for Debbie and Usama and Usama trying to act like he's about something. And it's awkward for Danielle and Johan and Talon and 
Johan saying a bunch of stuff that he probably just should not be saying. Um, yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, it's going to get weird for everybody. Oh, Grimes catching up. She is not impressed with <laughs> either. Uh, you guys, that was the show. Definitely uh, make sure to like and subscribe and go on over to April's page. She's live streaming right now on her page and like and subscribe there. And you guys, we are very active in the comments afterwards. So if you're watching the replay after you've liked and subscribed, definitely leave a comment and we will comment back. Um, and you know, I just want to say for the record, you know, there was someone last week that was not impressed with some of the things that we talked about and went ahead and made that known. And I'm okay with that. You don't have to agree with us at all, ever. Um, but what we are going to do is discuss the issues and sometimes it will take us five minutes and sometimes it will take us 30 minutes, but guess what? We're okay with that. Yeah, we're okay with this. We love ourselves. Uh, you guys, thank you so much. Crystal, we're so glad that you could catch us across the pond. We love you. And, uh, S4A across the pond as well. I know you're not like across the pond. She's in, um, Amsterdam, but you get my point. Um, we'll be back soon. And I keep saying that, but it's true. April, you want to say anything? Before we yeah, you guys, out? if you're interested at all in my trip to Fiji, I finally have all the videos up. Plus, I spent five days in San Francisco, so you can go check those out. If you're interested in coming to D.C., I'm going to start just showing you where I live and things that you should go and do while you're here, too. So come on over. Check it out. Love it. You guys, bye for now. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. I want to love you.